You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. This morning, we're continuing on with our theme of identity in Christ. We kind of started off our new year with that theme and we had the um, the video link service, um, I think on the 8th, with Tyler sharing. And then last week, Julian shared... Um, about how we're, we're God's workmanship. And, he, and we're created in Christ Jesus for the works that, that God set before us. And he also talks about this idea that we are like the clay and God's like the potter, refining us and, and doing things for us, molding us and shaping us in that sense. And this week, I'm going to be sharing on the statement, I am free. So, unfortunately, I've not got a fancy PowerPoint or anything like that. So, you just have to remember it all. Um, so, I am free is the statement we're, we're talking about today as we look at our identity in Christ. I want to look at what it means to be free and to have freedom in Christ and how that should affect our daily lives. And I guess this is not so much one of those messages that's going to have loads of like practical tips like 10 steps to do this or ways to do that or the other. And what I'm hoping is that, that God's going to actually speak to you and, and move you inside and sort of prompt you with what that, how that might outwork in your lives. Because everyone's going to be at a slightly different stage. Everyone's going to be in a different position. Everyone's going to have different struggles and different things that they're working through at this time. And, and hopefully um, what I've been praying and what I'm, what I'm hoping for each one of us is that God's going to stir something within within our hearts with whatever that may be for you so if we were to if we were to ask in this room how many of us are free not at a spiritual level or anything like that not not a trick question how many of us decided that we wanted to come here this morning um don't tell me if you were dragged along i don't want to know but we decided, we made that decision ourselves to come here this morning. We got up when we wanted to or when our alarm went off. Um, we got ready, we got in the car or we walked down. We made that choice. With, in that sense, we're free. Um, we, ha- we all have freedom in this room. Yet in reality, our freedom is bound by certain rules and certain laws. Now, if we decide to exercise our freedom too much, then it might get taken away from us. So that could be something like if we decide, well, I'm free to drive as fast as I like. I know the sign says 30, but I want to drive 50 and I'm free to do that. Now, if you get caught doing that, then you might not be free to do it anymore. And that kind of thing. Things can be taken away from us. Society as a whole has decided that we're free up until a point. But once we cross that boundary, once we cross that line, then that freedom is removed from us. And I thought about it like a little bit like a goldfish in a goldfish bowl. The goldfish is free to swim wherever it wants within the confines of the bowl. But then perhaps we as the owner feel like we're being a bit tight by just keeping it in this little bowl um, or still keeping it in the bag that we got it from from the fair. Or whatever. Um, and we put it into a pond and we think, well, it's, it's free now. It can, 
you know, spread its fins. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's in that pond that can swim around, it can do a little bit more. And we offer that goldfish a bit more freedom. But if we decide we're really radical and we're like, you know, fighting, fighting against the man and, you know, this goldfish needs freedom, it's, it's unfair that it's kept in captivity in this bowl or in this pond, so we're going to take it out, put it on the side and let it decide what it wants to do with its own life. Um, it's going to struggle to survive for very long because it needs boundaries to survive. You know, water needs something to contain it in Otherwise, it's, there's not enough of it to go everywhere. So the, for the goldfish to survive, it needs to have some boundaries. Now, to push the analogy a little bit further, and you've got to go with me on this one, because we've got, we've got gold, like a rebellious goldfish coming up. So just go with it. So to push the analogy a little bit further, imagine you had two fish in two bowls. One was happy to live in the confines of the bowl. It thought, I'm, I'm quite free. I've got quite a decent life. I get fed every day, apart from when my owner goes on holiday. Um, and then I float sideways on the top of the water. Um, no, one's happy to live within the confines of the bowl. And the other one wanted to experience freedom outside of the bowl. The other, the other fish saw you walking around and doing your own thing and thought, I want a bit of that. I don't want to live here. I want to live like my owner's living. And so he kept trying to es- escape and live outside the bowl. So he, he, you know, worked out on his little goldfish gym, um, and lifted some little weights and that. And he, he could jump out of the bowl, right? So you saw him jump out of the bowl. You put him back in because you're like, well, no, it's not going to be good for you. Put, put you back into the bowl. Until one day, he waited until, it's very intelligent goldfish this, um, he waited until you'd gone to sleep and then he escaped from the bowl. And you woke up the next morning to find the fish dead on the side next to the bowl, having tried to escape and live in freedom. You see, that fish had wanted to exercise its freedom by living outside of the confines of the bowl and it led to death. And I think freedom in Christ can be a little bit like that sometimes. That there are certain boundaries in which we should be happy and we should happily live. But within those boundaries at times we want to test the waters and step outside of them. And we see maybe other people doing other things or we see sort of how we used to live and how we used to get by and and that kind of thing. We want to go back to that or we want to go and do what that other person is doing and Actually, we can step outside of those boundaries and do something that ultimately leads to death. Um, one other thought that I that I had in this is when they when they put um, animals in a field, they stick together, um, sort of in the centre of the field, and they'll they'll all stick together because there's safety in numbers. When they put boundaries around the outside they separate off a little bit more and they're, they're more um, able to use the whole of that field and go to the edges because they know that there's safety within the, the boundaries that are set before them. 
So I wanted to talk about two aspects of freedom this morning. First one is freedom from, and the second one is freedom for. So we've got freedom from and freedom for. And don't say it fast because you'll struggle, as I just did. See, the Bible says that we are free from condemnation. We've been set free from the power of sin and death. In Romans 8, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You see, we're free from sin on the one hand and from obligation to the works of the law on the other. And Paul's whole argument, if we were to go over to Galatians, Paul's whole argument is to a group of churches who are being told that they need to obey certain Old Testament laws and rules and regulations in order to be real followers of Jesus. But Paul, the apostle, says, no, you don't. That's not kind of how it works. In other words, he says, these works of the law are not things that make us right with God. We're made right with God through the work of Jesus Christ, through what Jesus Christ did on the cross in his death and his resurrection. And he kind of sums it all up in that in this terminology of faith. See, in, in Galatia, where the um, letter to the Galatians was written, there were a group of people who were saying, you need to do extra things in order to be real Christians. You, you're not fully free. You've got to do this extra add-on stuff in order to be counted as sort of a real follower of Christ. And because those people were, were Jews, they, and because Jesus was a Jew and because the very first Christians were, were Jewish, they said, well, you need to keep all of those Jewish rites and principles and things from the Old Testament that we had to keep you need you now need to keep them as well so you might be um you might not be jewish by birth but if you're wanting to accept jesus then you need to accept all these other things as well so that was what was going on in galatia and that's what paul was talking into and so those those things um involved things like um keeping the holy festivals and the sabbath day or rules about food um, all the laws around food and all, all that kind of stuff, and then circumcision as well. But Paul, in his, he kind of responds in different ways throughout Galatians, but the first response that he, that he goes to is their experience. And he says, when did you get the Spirit and when did you see miracles? When did that happen? Was it ha- did it happen when you believed or did it happen when you obeyed the works of the law? What was the point at which you received the Spirit of God? Was it when you followed the rules, the certain things that were kind of keeping you out of freedom, or was it when you believed? And their answer would have to be, well, it was when we believed, because Paul knew that that's when they received the Spirit. And Paul knew this this to be true. That where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, freedom doesn't come when we do the right things. Freedom doesn't come when there's more good in us than bad. And freedom doesn't come when we remove 
sin from our lives. But actually, freedom comes where the Spirit of the Lord is. You know, the Bible says, well, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Things like doing good, things like removing sin from our lives, things like issues and stuff that's going on that's keeping us in a place where we don't feel freedom, that comes from the Spirit of God. That doesn't come from us trying to get that right in the first place. And ultimately, that was, that was part of the problem was going on in Galatia, is that these people were saying, well, you need to get these other things right in the first place before you can have and experience the freedom in Christ. You need to get these other, this other stuff sorted out. But Paul says, no, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So freedom comes where God's Spirit is. And God's Spirit comes when we believe. So it's the Spirit of God working in us that brings about freedom. And that may be a gradual process. That may not happen kind of everything all sorted in, you know, in your life right away. You may not wake up tomorrow and everything's hunky-dory. Who uses that phrase? But there's freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. Ultimately, this is where the, this idea of two kinds of freedom come in. We're free from sin and death and the works of the law. And how do we know? Well, we know because the Spirit of the Lord lives in us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's how we know what we're free from. That's how we know that we are free. So then Paul can say, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And how do we know that we're in Christ Jesus. What make what marks us out as in Christ? How do how do we know that? Well, you actually only have to go a couple of verses down in Romans eight to discover it. And so we're going to read um, Romans eight verses one to four. And see if my app can get there faster. Who knows? So Romans eight verses one to four says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now I recognize there's a lot of, there's a lot of language in there that, that can feel quite heavy when we read it. But I want to focus on that, that phrase at the end, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because that's where freedom is found. Freedom is found in the Spirit. That's what, that's what Paul says when he says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So do we live according to the flesh, or do we live according to the Spirit? So 
So that's the element of being free from. But what I think is equally good news, I put the really good news on here, but they're both really good newses. News, newses. Um, so what is equally good news is that we're not simply free from, but we're free for something. You know, if we're free, is there a point to being free? Galatians 5 verses what, verse 1 says that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, we're made free for a reason. Not simply for, the, for no reason at all, but actually for a reason. And though it might sound confusing at first, and I know this was a passage that I, I was, especially when I was younger, I, I didn't quite understand, well, what does that mean? It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. What does that really mean? Hopefully, we can unpack it a bit and make some sense of, of what it means to be set free for freedom. So we're going to go back to our goldfish analogy for just a second. I know we parked it a bit earlier, but we're going to go back there for a second. And the one I want you to think about is the one who lived happily within the boundaries. You see, being set free for freedom means that we can live a life that's honoring to God out of desire rather than obligation. Okay, so when those people in um, Galatia were saying, no, you need to do these things of the law in order to gain freedom, Paul says, no, it's, it's about the Spirit. It's the Spirit that sets you free. Then actually the reason that we are set free is for freedom. Freedom to choose out of desire, out of relationship with God, to live right, to live the right way. It's because we want to live for him. It's because we want to serve him. That's the reason that we've been given freedom, to want to do this, to desire God, to, you know, to, to be in that relationship, to hold up our side of that relationship and everything that that means. Um, staying in chapter 5 of Galatians, just for a second, verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And he goes in a bit more depth around that thought in Romans um, 6, verses 1 to 7. I know we're jumping around everywhere, so hopefully you can follow me. Um, so we're in Romans 6, and we read verses 1 to 7 together. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in death, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin 
might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. There's a finality there, isn't there? You know, as we read that passage, it says, we have died to sin. In a sense, the the good versus evil battle kind of inside has been won on the side of good, on the side of God, through Christ, for the sake of freedom. And ultimately, to each one of us today who's accepted Christ, we are free. So how can we live in something that we've died to? And why would we want to? Maybe it's the sense that the grass is greener on the other side or something like that. I mean, it's, it's, it is a struggle that I think we can all relate to and all understand that we might say that this is the case, but it's, it's not always that easy to work out practically. But Paul mentions that we've been united with Christ in death and that through baptism we're buried with him so that we might be raised to new life. There's that ending of one life and that beginning of a new life. I don't think it could be clearer. We're called to new life. We're called to life in Christ. And we're called to life in the Spirit. Life ultimately without sin and without condemnation. Which is a life of freedom. And it's a life of freedom that we don't do out of obligation, but we do out of desire. Yet it seems so hard to live in that reality. I don't know if if it's just me that has struggles, but it seems hard to live within that reality of, of freedom. We seem to walk around feeling condemned. You know, it may it may be that something happens, you do something, you say something, you think something. And you feel that condemnation, so you stop reading your Bible, or you stop going to church, or you you go back into yourself a little bit, or, you know, you feel like you're not good enough. You listen to the lies that tell you you're not, you, you're not like that person, that person's got it all together. But it's a lie. Or we... We say, we have these phrases, and they're some sometimes phrases that I don't particularly like because it's it speaks something bad over your life. So the particular one I don't really like is that I'm a sinner saved by grace, because in fact the Bible says that I'm dead to sin and I'm alive in Christ. So what I am is a son of God. Or a daughter of God for you ladies. What I am is a child of God. What I am is free in Christ. What I am is clothed with Christ. Baptised into Christ. Created in Christ Jesus for the good work set before me. What I'm not any longer is a sinner. And the, the reality is... That yes, sometimes we do sin, and yes, sometimes we don't live up to what we are, but ultimately what we are 
is a child of God. Galatians 2.20, and we sung it earlier, says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Yes, it's in the song, isn't it? It's, in the song. it's actually from the Bible first before it was in the song. It's in Galatians. <laughs> we live a life by the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit is, there's freedom. So why, if Christ set us free from sin and death for freedom, do we want to go back into a yoke of slavery? In other words, why do we want to go back into another way of life outside of freedom? Why do we want to do it? Why do we still sin? And what happens when we do? How can all of this be true when it seems that we don't do what we ought to do? And that's the issue, isn't it? I mean, I know when I was when I was growing up, when I was in sort of youth ministry and stuff like that, I was told this analogy is it's, it's like you've got two men living inside you, um, and whichever one you feed the most is the one that that lives more. So if you feed the the sin man inside you, then the sin overtakes you, and then if you feed the spirit man inside you, then the spirit o- overtakes you, and that kind of stuff. And they're, they're two like battling kind of mini means inside me or whatever but Paul doesn't say that Paul says I'm dead to sin dead and buried literally I've been crucified with Christ and buried in in baptism I've been raised to new life I'm alive in Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives within me there is that finality that is I mean it's clear but Paul does understand this struggle and he does explain it, and he, he, he kind of goes into some depth in it. So um, just for a couple of minutes, we'll look at, the, at these verses um, in Romans 7, verses 19 to 20. He says the following, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. In other words, don't allow sin to creep into your life. That's not part of you. That's not... That old you is dead and buried. That new you is alive in Christ. But you keep doing stuff because you're allowing sin in. You're, you're opening the door to sin. You're allowing it into your life. And ultimately, we can desire to live outside of that freedom that Christ gives us and sets us free for. But the point is that we're supposed to be desiring to live in God's kingdom. We're supposed to be desiring to live in his freedom. So let's desire that. Let's you know, put all our efforts into living that way. Galatians 5.16, again, we're switching back over across, but Galatians 5.16 gives us the response on how to do what we want to do and not do what we don't want to do, which is to live by the Spirit. He says, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
we're free. We do not stand condemned. We stand as those who are free from. Free from sin, free from death, free from all this other stuff. So we're free from, but we are also free for. We're free for a purpose, for a reason. And it's really important that we know that being free for requires us to live by the Spirit. Because outside of the Spirit, even though you've been set free, even though you are free and that you can declare that that's true, you can enslave yourself, whether it be to sin or to legalism or to whatever that is for you. But Paul says, live by the Spirit. Because if we live by the Spirit, that's where freedom is. Right at the start I said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the power that enables us to not gratify the desires of the flesh, to not do what we don't want to do. It's the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Yet sometimes I think we don't, we don't realize that or we don't tap into that and we, we live that we, we're free from stuff. We're free from the past. We're free from the law. We're free from obligation and all that kind of stuff. Yet we don't live like we're free for any purpose, you know. And I don't know, Isaac and Dave, do you want to get back up? That would be amazing. I don't know where you are in this today. And like I said at the beginning, I've not given you loads of practical tips on this is how you do this and this is how you put that into practice and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've not done that because I want to give you an opportunity to allow God to speak to you in that. Because ultimately it's between you and God. But what I want to do for, for us today is give us that opportunity to just respond not because anything special happens kind of when we respond, but just to have that opportunity. See, if this message of freedom has spoken to you in some way this morning, if, if you feel God saying something to you, whether it be in terms of being free, whether it be in, in terms of being free from something or free for something or perhaps something way back in the past that you know you've not dealt with or or whatever it is between you and God we're going to have an opportunity to respond and that's simply to stand with me wherever you are thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.